Welcome to the PSI Monthly Podcast. My name is Kat and I will be your host. And on behalf of PSI Seminars, welcome to the podcast. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for over 47 years. And each month on these trainings, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI Basic Course as a free resource for you in your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI Seminars and would like to find out more about our basic course, you can go to psibasicseminar.com. Tonight, we are talking about the power of visualization. First off, we have PSI facilitator Rob Rowe. Rob is one of the facilitators in the basic division and the men's leadership class. He has been involved with PSI Seminars for over 22 years He is an avid reader, loves to golf, and is involved in a number of charities. Rob, are you with us? Yes, I'm here. Glad to be here. Uh, Glad to be a part of this tonight. Uh, Looking forward to it. Welcome. I'm excited to have you on this topic. So why don't we just start off? What is the power in visualization? Well, Kat, that really is a good question. See, What happens is the real power in visualization is that it makes your whole mind begin to focus. You may have had a scenario where someone tells you, concentrate here. And when you concentrate here, you don't even know exactly what you're doing. But what's happening is your mind is filtering out everything that's unnecessary and is not needed in this particular time. Your mind is extremely powerful. And so when we start off with visualization, one of the things it does, it lets the reticular operating system, which is basically our retina, it's what's happening in our eyes. See, the reality of what happens in your eyes is simply this. Um, You literally see and process someplace around a billion or so more bits of information. And what takes place is you can open your eyes and look at something and it's instantly there. But... Your reticular operating system, it's only going to bring up about 200 bits of that information. And so unless you have told it which bits to pick up, it's just going to pick up whatever random bits it deems to be important based off past information. And so what takes place is when we start visualizing, we start telling the reticular operating system, I want you to start noticing these things. I want you to start bringing in these things out of those billions of bits of information. The 200 I want to start focusing on or the 200 bits I want to start seeing have to do with the vision that I want to create. This creates that car scenario that everybody talks about. So you decide you want to buy a Jeep. And so you walk into the Jeep dealer and you've been testing them out, you've been looking at them, you've been thinking about them, and you've been training your reticular operating system that you are soon going to own a Jeep. And so all that time that you're driving it, feeling it, seeing it, then suddenly you end up buying it. And then all of a sudden, as you drive away the dealership, you start seeing these things everywhere. It's like, what happened? Someone opened up a door and said, Jeeps are free. Come on and get them. No, the reality is they have always been there. What's taken place now is you have become so focused visually and mentally on a Jeep, on four-door Jeep, on the color of the Jeep, on the year of the Jeep. Everything is so calculated categorized in your mind that now you instantly see it in reality. It's not that it magically appeared in reality. It's just now you are focused on it. 
So a power in visualization, it begins to direct our awareness and refocus us on the things that we want to create. My wife loves to cook. Um, she loves to deal with, you know, making stuff and recipes. And so other day we walk into this very particular store uh, two weeks ago. We walked into this store and what happened was instantly she saw this, this food processor of which I didn't even know was in the store. I mean, store was like it had stuff in it, but it didn't seem like a food problem. She wants a new food processor. And so what's happened, her visualization process, what she sees immediately on a shelf that is not that open is the very thing that she's looking for. And so visualization starts training our mind to ask our reticular operating system to start looking for specifics in our reality. And when we find those specifics in our reality, what happens is a lot of times it feels like it's magic. It's like, oh, my gosh, you know, I keep seeing this over and over again. But truly what's happened is you have told your mind, I am looking for these particular things. Let's keep an eye open for them and let's start bringing them into our existence. So it creates better opportunities for you. And so that's just happening in our, when our eyes, when we see our world, our brain is doing a very similar thing. Visualization is setting down patterns of thought in your mind. It's setting down frequencies of energy in your mind. And those frequencies of energies and patterns of thought are actually creating a new neurological pattern in your head because you see your world based off of patterns, People say you need to think positively, you need to think negative. you can't think negatively. When they say you need to think positively, the best thing they're telling you is to sit down a neural network that only sees the positive and therefore is gratuitous for that. When you're around people who only see the negative and they're looking for why the world is a bad place, it justifies why the world's a bad place. And so the neurological network is set down to see only negative things. And so what's happening, you're broadening it or you're sharpening the focus, actually, by making yourself see a particular way you want your life to go. Not positive, not negative, but custom to how you want your world. And so in your visualization, let's say you want to purchase an island. You want to own an island for some reason. I don't know why you want an island, but you want an island. And so all of a sudden, things on the computer that you've never seen before is talking about islands. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing things that islands are actually for sale. Then all of a sudden, you start seeing st it's always been there. It's not that it's not been there. But you lay down a new pattern of thought, and this pattern of thought now is – attracted to the same patterns that are happening out in your world. And so it's drawing it to you. Your mind is so powerful that it's editing out so much information that doesn't fit what you believe to be true. And so you start visualizing things. And then what begins to happen is you're laying down a new pattern of thought that you believe to be true. And now your mind's job is to go find a reality that fits that pattern. See, to say it simply, your mind doesn't know the difference between what is real and what is imaginary. And so what happens in when you start visualizing things, it doesn't know you're just making it up in your head. It believes it to be a pattern of thought. It's not real. It's not imaginary. It just is. And so you may be living out a pattern of poverty in your world where you never have enough and there's just not enough. But then you begin to visualize creating more income and having more abundance. 
Well, to get there, what suddenly your brain goes is we don't have the neural network to support that certain belief system. And obviously it needs to be in place for it to take place. And so we'll start creating a neural network that will support a belief that I come from a place of prosperity, abundance and enough. And so what's happening visualization is doing this amazing thing with your awareness that's basically it's transforming your brain into something completely different that now can take in the opportunities that will reward you in the actual end result that you're after. For instance, there's a study that's been done. And my problem is that I can't tell whether it's a um, one is with piano lessons or two, it's with basketball because I've read two or three different studies and they seem to be they all quote a study. And so anyways, I'll use the basketball one thing because it's a basketball season now. So they took 20 basketball players and um, they, they said it was 20, yeah, 20 basketball players and they broke them up into three groups. And they had one group do nothing but 20 minutes a day practice throwing free throws. Solid 20 minutes a day they practiced throwing free throws. The second group, they never went on court. All they did was visualize them throwing a perfect three free throw where they heard the hoop. They heard the noise, it all happened, and they saw it over and over and over again for 20 minutes. The third group didn't do anything. They just did what they did. They didn't practice, nor did they visualize, they just did what they did. And so when they brought these groups back together, what they were expecting was actually overwhelming in that they did not get what they expected. What took place, obviously, in those who practice physical muscle memory, practicing over and over for 20 minutes, they had improved by a, let's say, a 40% grade. Oddly enough, those who visualized just saw the shot going in and in and in also created new muscle memory in their system and increased their abilities by like 38% just a few percentage points below those who actually did the work. All these people did was see the work over and over and over again for 20 minutes and never threw a ball. Now, obviously, the third group who did neither, they had little to no difference in their abilities. And so whether it's basketball, whether it's playing chords on a piano, what happens is when you start visualizing, when you start showing your mind a particular pathway to something or give it a particular end result, this is the best part. You don't even have to show it the pathway. All you got to do is put in the result, seeing the hoop, seeing the finish over and over again. What takes place is now your mind, not knowing it's not real, it doesn't know it's imaginary, it doesn't know you're making it up, it starts laying down a neurological pathway that now generates a new reality. Now you start seeing and operating differently in your real world based on something that you impressed upon your brain. And so the fun part about this is that it's, it's, we're seeing it happen. They're studying it and they're doing it like when it comes to just body mind and stuff. And so visualization is hugely powerful, Kat, in that uh, it works. We're seeing a great deal of it working in research and in studies. But also, personally, people are experiencing it working in their lives. Pretty phenomenal. So I really liked how you were talking about that in the beginning and how we subconsciously attract into our field of vision that which we are focused on. 
And I, like, just as you were, you were saying that, I realized how much I'm doing that all the time, filtering my reality based on my thinking, even in my visual field in terms of what I actually see right in front of me. Now, here's the worst part. Have you ever done the thing where you were afraid of something happening bad? That will create the something happening bad. It's really weird. It works. We, you're right. We do it all the time. So in that last example with the basketball, how do I use this visualization to uh, become more fit and lose weight if I'm just imagining myself at the gym or running? This is one of the fun parts about the visualization idea. Uh, the weird part is that when you start visualizing a body that you want, what happens is you will start creating different emotional tendencies. Your, your body goes, okay, you want that body? Okay, to get that body, we have to go through certain things. Now, you and I have this idea, well, to have the great body, you got to work out 24 hours a day and da 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 Well, the truth is your mind goes, yeah, not true. That is a way. But there is a plethora of ways to create the body that you want. All you got to get clear on is the body that you want. Once you get clear on it, then your mind will create brand new neural pathways and you will start living a lifestyle where, you know, I don't like candy bars like I used to. You know, chocolate. I used to, I could never just walk away from chocolate, but it's not that appealing anymore. You know, that trip to the refrigerator at three o'clock in the morning, that doesn't happen anymore. You know, when I was really nervous and I would just start eating to get rid of the nerves, I don't do that anymore. Suddenly, parts of you that you were using now have new desires and new feelings because the whole neurons have been shifted. And your body will naturally change because you're no longer intaking the same carb consumptions, the same fat consumptions. All this has been decreased. I, I have seen it where people are like, I wanted to lose weight. And I don't want to work out. That's okay. I got it. That's a big one. And these are big meat eaters. And what happened was I met them like a year later and they're all like kind of not big anymore. And well, what happened? Well, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not a vegetarian, Rob. I, I still like meat. I'll eat it now and again, but I became kind of vegetarian. And I found out that I really changed my, uh, my eating habits. And what I found out is that my eating habits were really my problem. And then I went to this class and I learned some things about me and what I do when I'm nervous. And I became a better, I feel like I'm a better human being because of it. And so really it turned out it had nothing to do with working out 24 seven in a gym. And I do yoga, you know, yoga is about the least impact thing a human being can do. And I feel more fit. And so those neurological pathways that are now the, the, you are set in a way of seeing your world that supports your, 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 it supports your present viewpoint. And you'll be right about that so much that you would actually argue with me around what you're doing. But when you visualize, no longer am I the outside source that's attempting to, to uh, support you becoming thinner or stronger or faster. What's happening now is you're the inside support that's changing patterns of belief and patterns of doing the way things you used to do into brand new patterns that better support you. And you'll actually see value in those patterns. As a matter of fact, you'll look at those patterns and go, wow, you know, gosh. Broccoli is good. I kind of like broccoli. 
where I used to think, why would people eat broccoli? You know, and so that begins to happen. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so speaking of classes that help you become a better human being, I know there are some really powerful visualization techniques in the basic seminar as well as the advanced classes. And, you know, we have people listening into the podcast who have done our classes. We also have people who haven't done any of our classes. So could you share some of the how-tos and the different techniques that are available? Yeah. So now in PSI seminars, PSI seminars, uh, we kind of focus on four particular techniques, although there's a variety of ways of doing visualization. I personally love a meditation style, um, but meditation is a very passive technique uh, to create a visualization environment. So in seminars, we have a tendency of using more active ways of visualization. The big four that we use, two of them we find in the basic, one is called screen of the mind. Screen of the mind is a visualization technique where you create a movie screen in your mind and you use it to see a perfect end result of whatever it is that you want to create in your life. Let's say currently you're dealing with the body and you feel like you're flabby, you're overweight, you don't particularly like yourself. And so your perfect end result is you have a thinner body that you are in love with yourself because you are now a healthy human being. It's not only thin, you just want to be healthy. And so what happens is on the screen, you allow yourself to see the perfect end result. You put it up there and it's as much visual as possible, like a picture or a short GIF or an animation maybe a short little movie, and you see yourself walking and flaunting and being this person of this size. Now, it's important in the screen of the mind that you not only see that, but you actually feel the emotions that you would feel when you have that kind of body. Because your thoughts are things. And what happens is to create a new neurological network, your mind now is going to create an emotion. And that emotion is going to be in alignment with your end result. And so you've taken two steps toward your end result and you've done absolutely nothing physically. But your mind has created a thought. You've generated emotions. Emotions are your creations. You've generated emotions or what it will feel like when you are like this. And now your mind, your body doesn't know any different. It believes you're like that. And so it's going to create that in your head. And so that's called screen the mind. You see this a lot with athletes. Athletes will, uh, they, you'll see them visualize, whether it's setting in front of a free throw line, you see them looking at the net and kind of flicking their wrist. Golfers stand behind a shot for a long time, visualizing the perfect end result of the perfect shot. Um, you'll see it all over when it comes to the athletic world. But it doesn't mean it doesn't happen in business. Google gets their main people together and they visualize the perfect end result of whatever project they're working on. Uh, other major Fortune 500 companies, they get their heads of state together and they do the same thing. What is that we're after? What are we after? Every company that's a company has a purpose statement. And that purpose statement embodies their perfect end result. So you see the perfect end result, you put a lot of emotional energy on it, and in just a second, boom, just a second, you let it impress upon your mind, and then it's done. So that's like screen the mind. It's a technique that you'll learn more extensively in the basic. And then we have a thing called workshop. Now, screen of the mind is the fusion of a, a vision with emotion. Workshop 
is basically unleashing your imagination and unleashing your creativity. You're creating a space or environment in your head. It's a place that you're going to go to and use when you don't really know the perfect end result. You know there's an issue going on right now with your body. You know there's an issue in your world. You know there's an issue with your child or with your spouse or with your vocation. And you're not really clear on that. Well, you create a thing called a workshop in the basic where you put elements in there that you'll be able to utilize in your mind to create a solution. Creation or creativity and imagination, that's where solutions come from. They don't come from logical thought or intellect. Oh, no, no, it doesn't work that way. The only intellect or logical thought solution you're going to come to is a mathematical problem. And you're not a mathematical problem. You're a human being. You have different energies. And so your solutions come from imagination and creativity. And so when you throw it up into your imagination and your creativity and you give it certain elements to work with, in other words, a model, if you will, of which you can use, that model or that thing you laid down will give your energy a place to go to create the perfect end result or a solution to a scenario that you're working with. Workshop is the most underused and yet the most powerful technique. If you're familiar with Napoleon Hill, um, he wrote a book called Think and Grow Rich. He uh, interviewed 528 of the most successful people on the planet. And one of the commonalities in those 528 people was a thing called workshop. They called it different words. But that was the commonality, one of the major commonalities. And so workshop is a phenomenal technique that you can use practically in your business and your personal life uh, in anywhere that you want to use it. Then we have classes where we work with vision boards or mind boards or movies. These are inspirational visualization techniques. They inspire things within us. A vision board is you put up elements that are inspiring you to become more. I want to drive a Ferrari. I want to golf a perfect score. I want to create the perfect meal. I want to live in this particular house. I want to have peace that surpasses understanding. I want to be a mystic. I want to be a marvel. And so you literally cut out images and you place them on a board that inspire that in you. They're not even words. You just look at it and you go, oh my gosh, you're, there's something about your yourself that's being drawn into a future self. Because the board, whether it's a mind board or a vision board, or whether it's a movie, is describing a future self. And you're seeing yourself in the future and you're feeling what it will be like in the future. And so now you're laying down a new neurological pathway, which is going to get your reticular operating system motivated in such a way that you see and you interact with elements in the world that support your perfect end result, your vision board, your, your vision for your life, a mind movie, a movie that you created that says something about who you want to become. Now, it's best if you put these things with some music, too. Music is very powerful when it comes to visualizations. Very, very powerful. And so it's something to be used with that. And then our third, our, our final, the fourth one we work on is a thing called vision work. You won't get in this until you get to leadership program. Uh, basic is your screen in the mind, a workshop, uh, pace setter leadership dynamic is more of the vision boards, mind movies, and then leadership classes. That's when you start working with vision work. 
Vision work is different in that you're not writing from a conscious place. You're going more into a meditative state and you're almost doing a creative automatic writing of who you are in the future. And you're letting whatever comes up, come up. And you write a five-year vision, a 10-year vision, a 15-year vision, a 20-year vision. Because you don't know what you're going to be like in 20 years. You have no idea in 15 years. So, of course, you're just letting your intuition go. You're just making it up. You're just writing it down. But in so doing, one of the powers in that is that you will create it faster than you would had you not written it down. You want a 20-year vision? All you got to do is write it down. And you'll have it in five or ten. You want a ten-year vision? All you got to do is write it down. You'll have it in two or three. That's the difference. And that's the power of becoming aware and writing things down. So those are the big four techniques. And there's, there's a lot other out there. But I believe these are big ones that, uh, that anyone can work with that we offer personally in our classes. Oh, I've definitely found those to be super powerful tools uh, for creating the life that I want in all different areas. So let me ask you this. Um, obviously, these are tools to support you in getting to where you want to go faster. Are there any other side benefits to visualization? And there are many side benefits. This is the weird part. One thing is that you don't, you almost have to come to the visualization of these side benefits more so than the actual end result. That's how a lot of people get there. Um, for the first thing is that visualization, it empowers you. So instantly when you begin to visualize of what you want the end result to become, what you want your future to become, what takes place is an empowerment energy. You literally begin to feel much better about who you are because you are now actually engaged in creating your future. You're a part of it. You are the source, and being the source, you're energized and empowered by doing this without even realizing it. So you have a personal energy within you. All of us do. It's that energy that when we were younger, we used to stay up all night. We used to hold hands and walk along a beach for hours upon hours. We used to listen to people talk forever. We never got tired. We never got overwhelmed. We never got anything. And now we've noticed that energy seems to have dissipated. But it doesn't dissipate. All we do is block it. We block it by basically seeing that we have no power in our scenarios. The world's happening to us. It's overwhelming. This is just the way that it is. And I just got to deal with it and hope that it gets better. But the truth is, no, you're not a victim to your world or your circumstances. You're responsible. You're the source. And so if you don't like the way it is, change the way you're thinking. If you don't like the way things are working out, change the way you are operating. The way you change the way you're operating, the way you're thinking, is to create a visual. A visual of how you want things to end and resolve. And now you're actively anticipating and actively participating. And because of which, you're generating an empower. And you personally are empowering yourself to revitalize the energy that's always been there. It just got locked down by you shutting it down. Now, not only does that, but it also starts fortifying your willpower. I'll tell you right now, when you start visualizing, you are going to be tested. There are people that I know, they, they visualize pictures and energies so easily. 
It's just, oh, I can see whatever I want to see. That's fantastic. And I know other people, they've gone through some stuff in their life. They don't trust reality all that much. And so to visualize anything would mean they'd have to open themselves up to a pain they're not willing to open themselves up to. So I've got both ends of the spectrum. Some, I can see whatever I want, and others, I can't see anything. Well, both will have to start using willpower to begin to visualize what they want to visualize. Those who can see images easily will notice that those images are almost their own energy in and of themselves. And so to redirect or reinfuse that energy to see what you want to see, not what's actually happening in that energy, but what you want to see, and you harnessing that energy to this particular visual, you will find yourself being hugely challenged. For those of you who see darkness and blackness, congratulations, you had a hard life. I've been in the same boat. You have a different road to follow, but it's still going to take willpower. You're going to use that tragic past to transcend, and you may not even actually experience seeing a visual the way others seeing visuals, but you will experience seeing impression, and then impressions will turn into a visual quality. And then you'll think you're making something up. And then you'll allow yourself to see something real. All I'll tell you is encourage yourself based off of one thing. You have a dream. When you sleep at night, you dream. And where are those visuals coming from? They're coming from you. You can do it. It is possible. The situation is you're in your own way. And so even if you have to power through and work with it and see nothing but darkness, you can still do it. And all this basically is the fire that creates a very strong willpower. And developing your willpower is one of the most powerful side effects of visualization. To focus your will on what you want is one of the things that seems to be lost in our culture. We did it when we were children and it was beaten out of us, broken out of us, or disciplined out of us. But it's still there. And so it has a huge benefit when it comes to fortifying your willpower. It also has a powerful event because most of us operate from fear. We're afraid of the future. We're afraid we'll have to wear masks until we die. We're afraid of who's going to become this or who's going to do that. We're afraid we're going to be left by our spouse. We're afraid of being impoverished. We're afraid, we're afraid, we're afraid. And we find that our life is basically motivated based on our fears. And so we try to create a, a safety protocol, a control protocol, that is going to regulate our life in such a way that it will be satisfying. Unfortunately, safety and, and control don't create a satisfying life. Those are all based off of fear. I have to be in control. I have to be safe. These kind of things are all based off of fear, and they don't fortify you as a human being. When you start working with this concept of visualization, what you start embracing is love. Love is another motivational system. Love is actually the motivational system. The way you elevate yourself from seeing how you are right now into what you want to be comes through forgiveness and love. You got to begin to accept yourself. And so now you begin to see the world from a place of love. This is what I love. This is what I want versus 
This is what I'm afraid of. And this is what I have to do. Visualization creates a new environment to where your have tos become want tos. Where instead of being operated by fear of what you don't want, now you're operating from love, what you do want. It's a subtle transfer, but I think it makes all the difference in the world. And then from just a physical standpoint, once you start visualizing, you'll start working with relaxing yourself. What happens when you visualize your future and you see a perfect end result, it relieves all the anxieties. It was once said a man crucifies himself between two thieves, the fears of yesterday, which is what I just talked about, or the anxieties of tomorrow. We look into our future and we're consciously anxious of what's going to happen. We're afraid of what's going to happen. When you visualize, now you're not afraid of what's going to happen. Now you're in anticipation of what's going to happen. You're excited with what's going to happen. You are emotionally integrated with what's going to happen. And so you're creating a new energy within you, which blows the doors off of anything that you've generated thus far. And so it relaxes and relieves anxiety. Visualization, a very powerful discipline to get yourself into. It works on so many levels. I really love that part you said about making that shift from living from fear to living from love. That really has been my life work. I have been dominated by fears of not being enough, fears of doing it wrong, fears of uh, being found out, whatever that means. And being in this work really has been my road to moving to love of me and love of life and love of who I am. And so that's been the, the, the doorway, moving have tos into want tos moving fear into passion, moving reluctance into desire. And all the teachings I've done last literally for the last 25 years have all been revolving around that. So I appreciate that. Well, we do have quite a few questions. And before we go into questions, I do want to take a moment for all of the people listening in who have not yet done the classes. If you want more tools to support you in your personal growth and living your best life. The basic course has extremely effective techniques that you can put into practice right away to achieve goals beyond what you previously thought possible. And for the results that you really want to create in your life, at the PSI Basic Seminar, you get to uncover your limiting beliefs and discover what has been holding you back from living the life of your dreams whatever that is for you. The basic is an experiential class where you will be immersed in powerful exercises and get to explore who you are, what you really want, and how to get where you want to go. If there is anything you want more, better, or different for yourself and your life, then go to psibasicseminar.com and get registered for the next PSI Basic. We hold classes in cities across the country, as well as online and around the world. So find a location and date that works for you. Again, that's PSIBasicSeminar.com. Now for some questions. First off, from VW. Does it make sense to visualize things that seem unrealistic? VW, I would tell you, yes, it does. 
we have become so um, reticent when it comes to setting our goals because we're afraid of not fulfilling them or we're afraid of not getting them. What happens is when you start visualizing things that seem, I mean, crazy, what's taking place is your neural network. Your mind is phenomenal. It starts broadening. What's your mind doing right now is what's really hard to do. It's making you very small. It's making you extremely anemic. It's making you very limited. And the truth is, you know, you're unlimited. You're bigger than big. You're amazing. And so rather than go, oh, I'm not sure if I'm worth this or I'm not sure if this. No, I would say at least have a few of the impossibles. Have a few things where you're going, this is impossible. Because the truth is, it's impossible to keep you down, but you're doing a good job of it. So let's go ahead and bring you up and do something equally impossible. Anybody who's done something that's impossible at one time decided it was possible. Someone, everything that you see right now, here's the worst part. Think about it. Um, Henry Ford said, if people, if they told me what they wanted, they would want to have faster horses. Instead, he created cars. Cars were impossible. I mean, my dad's a mechanic, so I know a lot about mechanics and whatnot. To make a, a vehicle that could move without being drawn by a horse or an ox or an animal was impossible at the time. Literally, science will tell you many of our progressive thoughts and, po- and possibly almost all of our progressive thinking comes from science, sci-fi novels. These people write stuff in these novels that are impossible. But we start thinking about them and wondering, wait a minute, we could do that. Literally, much of what we have now was at one time impossible. And so you as a person, give yourself the gift at least a few things. Visualize what doesn't seem possible for you. Visualize what seems to be out of this world for you and let yourself notice what happens because it's it's magic and play with it. I think that's probably all. Next question. Next up from MK, how do I attract more abundance? Do I laser focus my mind on what I want? Now, MK, um, it will be important that you identify abundance. I know you were a question, and so we're assuming a lot in the question transference. But the thing about abundance, you got to look at, do you want financial abundance? Do you want emotional abundance? Do you want to have a physical abundance? What are you truly after when it comes to abundance? And so you need to first focus into what area, whatever area you want to have. How do you attract financial abundance? Notice who you're hanging around with. If you're the most wealthy out of your five biggest friends, you got to get some new friends. Attracting abundance is exposing yourself to people who are abundant. You and I, what we do is we want to be right on where we are. And so we only attract those that will support where we are. But to become more of where we are, One, we need to start attracting new people around us. And two, we have to start thinking differently about the world. Our financial thinking is really locked into how we were raised. What you believe about the world of finance pretty much happened when you were four, five, and six, and seven years old. Now, problem is that it was not only intellectually solidified, it was emotionally solidified. And so you believe it to be the truth. And so whatever happened into those years, if you're talking about financial abundance, you got to bust through those to get beyond. 
So you got to start going back into what did your mom and dad teach you? What did your grandparents teach you? What happened? And those got to be busted up. I mean, we have an event in our thing called the Life Success Course where literally we go right into that belief system and just blow it away because it's a belief system that's dominated your result. And so when you want to create abundance, you got to create new thought processes and new human beings by which you're interacting with. You will notice what you read, what you watch on TV, if you watch TV, what you watch on the Internet currently supports where you are right now in your life. And you'll see people that say things like, oh, you want to have a boat? All you got to do is do this. And your mind goes, pshaw. That's so stupid, that's impossible. Your mind instantly dismisses anything that doesn't fit in your current belief system. And so to visualize abundance, one, you got to visualize it. And then you got to realize your mind is going to create a new belief system, which is going to create new friends and new desires within you. And those new desires within you are going to contradict your past. And so our past supports our present thinking, even though new thoughts are being introduced. And so we have to notice where's the contradictions arising and how are we battling them? Are we actually embracing what's taking place? Or are we actually battling and trying to justify where we are? So the way you start thinking abundantly is to surrender to abundance. It's out there. It's there. We live in an abundant world. It's present. You just got to open yourself up to it. Next question. Next up from SG, how do I overcome the fear and doubt? I want to be successful, but those are obstacles I constantly go back to. Well, and G, you pretty much uh, wrapped it all up in that one. Fear generates doubt. And the difficulty, I believe there's only two ways to operate as a human being. One is from fear and one is from love. Fear is more conducive with the flight and fight uh, technique that we grew up with uh, in our families and scenarios. And so fear to you is natural. It's normal. It's what you're supposed to do. Matter of fact, a smart human being is always afraid. We're always afraid of investing. We're always afraid of engaging. We're always afraid of opening. Opening is the big thing. Because what happens is we stop opening up to new things. We stop opening our heart to reality. We stop opening up. And when you start getting into that habit, it doesn't end until you get too old to actually change it. And so one of the things that I have done, just a tool or technique that I have used, and you can try it and see what you say with it. Take your fear and doubt model right now and put it out 25 years and write down, this is where I'll be based on this model in 25 years. This will be my life. If I live it under these particular powers, this will be what I create. This will be what I have in 25 years. You write that from truth and essence. And then you read that and say, really? Is this what I want? Most of us do it in an instant. I'm becoming just like my mom. I'm becoming just like my dad. We know one thing. We don't know we don't we know who we don't want to become like. We have certain aspects of them that we love, but we want to transcend them, to honor them. They brought us to this point. They spent their lives to get us here. But they did so so we could become better 
not to stay the same or to regress. And so you write that out. And is this what you really want? Is this what you're really after? And literally, your logical mind, which controls that whole thing, will start realizing it has an adversary called fear. It's not going to get what it wants. Fear cannot create the amazing. Fear cannot create the transformative. Fear cannot create the unbelievable. And so you'll get in your mind and in your being, it's time to let it go. It served you to this point. It's gotten you where you are. It's not a bad thing. It's just not going to get you where you want to go. And so transcending and transforming your fear into love, that's your energy. That's what you do. And you do whatever it takes to get there. Whether it be classes, involvement, people, your environment, masterminds, it's totally up to you. It's a big one. Good thought process. For sure. And at least for me, I found that surrounding myself with people that uh, celebrate and uplift me and my vision for my life has made all the difference. And certainly a community like Sci Seminars has this whole context of we are all growing and working on ourselves and uh, creating the lives that we truly want to live and making a difference on the planet. So mm-hmm. that's, it's amazing you have that just even a couple of other people who belief you can borrow when when yours isn't strong. Yeah, people who actually look at you and go, no, you're amazing. No, I believe in you. You know, you're just afraid. Just have someone interrupt that thought process. What's what classes do ultimately? Classes interrupt thought processes. You have these thought processes. We call them programs inside seminars, also attachments. You have some minor thought processes, but you get some major ones too. And notice what, who you surround yourself with. It's like, I mean, if a good friend looked you in the eye and went, that's, no, you're, you're afraid. You told me to support you, to not operate from fear. Uh, that'll make some differences. So next up from CQ, do you have a routine or anything that you do before visualizing that helps you get into it? Okay, so now when it comes to screen of the mind, the routine obviously, oftentimes for me simply is that I'm into something that I realize I don't like right now, or I'm in a scenario like I'm playing golf. I play golf a lot, so I use that quite often. Um, And so there's no routine other than what life is giving me right now. Now, workshop is a little bit different. Workshop, I go into a meditative state. And I literally replicate my workshop virtually every time in the meditative state. Even though it's always there, I sort of bring it back into reality. And so we're talking, for me, it's, it's, it's a 10-minute minimum. Quiet my mind. I sit down. I quiet my mind. I get my breathing connected. I get myself grounded. And then I bring my energy up to my mind's eye. And for some reason, my mind's eye opens up images And then I start bringing up images of what my workshop, at least the last time I was there, looked like. Sometimes it changes. 
but for the most part, it stays the same. And so I prepare myself that way. Workshop, I do a lot in the morning. Evenings, I do reflection and contemplation. The mornings are done for design of meditation and workshop. I have more willpower in the morning than I do in the evening. Uh, and so that's why I do it that way. And so time of day is big. Now, it depends on who you're talking to. I mean, these people that talk about, oh, 4 o'clock in the morning is perfect. And I agree with it. 4 o'clock in the morning is nice if you can do that. Depends on how committed you are. But I'm a 6 o'clock guy. Uh, and so I do a 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock kind of scenario. It's a 10 minutes getting grounded, getting ready, getting ready to go, and then open up workshop. And I could be in workshop anywhere from five minutes to an hour. Those are the kind of scenarios that I know. Now, people like, you know, that I've read. It's not what I do always, but it's what I've read. There's different ways of doing it. There is one yogi that virtually he goes into a 12-hour period. Um, but he can pretty much guarantee whatever he workshops going to happen. And then there's a Zen guy. What's your name? Um, he says he's constantly in workshop. He never leaves workshop. He's always there. And so what I've learned over the years, it's your path. I can give you some direction. I'll point the way. But you got to figure out what you're going to do. It's up to you. Next up from DG. Sometimes I find it difficult to stay focused if I have a lot of other things going on and my mind wanders. How can I stay focused while visualizing? Um, you got to visualize while you're visualizing to be able to get focused while you're not focused while you're visualizing. That is a normal issue with most people. Because you can understand, focusing is not an easy thing. I mean, you don't even know what you do when you focus. If I ask you, what's the process you go through when you focus on something? You have no idea. Focusing is basically letting go of that which no longer matters. And it's going to take a little time, just so you're aware. It's a process of like when I go into a meditative working state and I'm very distracted, which means I've either generally meditated way too late. Because you meditate really early, there's not a lot that distracts you. So you may want to look at what time you're actually doing it. Because the later I go, the more distracted I get. The earlier I go, the less distracted I get. But I've been in meditations, you know, throughout the day. And so uh, distractions do come up. So one is, once a distraction comes up, it's like you, my, my mantra in my head is, okay, let it be. First of all, let it happen, let it be, let it go. And so got to be at work at 9 o'clock, okay? Let it be, now let it go. And so I just let it myself, okay, it's there, got to be there at 9, got it, and now go away. And so it's just an acknowledgement of okay. Because it's part of your psyche just trying to distract you. It's like a little kid going, mommy, 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 mommy. All they want to do is just have you look at them and go, What? And so looking at them is what is like, let it be. And then when you're with them for a second, then you let it go. They're fine for another four minutes. Mommy, mommy, mommy. That's what happens with our thoughts. And so it's a process of constantly let it be, let it go. Now, when you do it enough, what's interesting is you'll start noticing patterns. There's certain thoughts that come up to distract you in certain, certain environments and certain scenarios. 
And so you'll start recognizing patterns that happen. And once you realize you're in a pattern, like I didn't sleep enough last night and I'm going to annoy you until we're done, that pattern you can go, you know, maybe now is not a good time to meditate. And now you got to let go of the perfect pattern that says, oh, no, you always have to meditate every day. And so now you have a new fight that comes up. But it's when you start listening to yourself, you do things for reasons. You have a purpose and you have patterns. And once you realize you're in a particular pattern, it's easier to disrail it. And so it's interesting. You start having conversations with yourself because you do all the time anyway. And so now you become more aware of that conversation, what's taking place. Let it happen. Let it be. Let it go. Let it happen. Okay, it's happening. I'm thinking about my bank statement. Let it be. Yes, it's my bank statement. Can't do anything about it right now. Let it go. I'm thinking about my drive to work. I never think it doesn't matter. Let it be. Okay, now let it go. So you just let them go. Let them go. Let them. And sometimes... Because I meditate anywhere between, you know, 30 minutes to an hour and a half. Sometimes that's all I do for the 45 minutes of my meditation is to let it come, let it be, let it go. Let it come, let it be, let it go. Let it be, let it go. Let it come, let it be. And that strengthens my willpower and it makes it still good. Because there's no bad meditations. There's no bad time set up for visualization. If it took you 45 minutes to do nothing, that was a good time. If it took you 25 minutes to do nothing, that was a good time. Because you're creating a relationship with yourself. There's something taking place that's important. And so it's not about shutting it down. It's about embracing it and using, using it to move forward. Next question. Next up from DB. Since the power is in your thoughts and words, what is the best way to change negative thoughts or words into positive words once you have said them? All right, so DB, you're using polarities on me, negative and positive. Now, you got to understand, once you start working with this stuff for a little while, you will start beginning to realize there is no such thing as negative and positive. Negative and positive is what a uh, young mind tries to make sense of its world. When you were a kid, you saw negative and positive. I'm either good or bad. I'm either right or wrong. I'll be punished because of which. And so a lot of your discerning of your reality came in those particular polarities. What happens is when you start moving into leadership of self, which is what we deal a lot with MLS, when you start dealing with leadership of self, you stop dealing with polarities. Polarities are trying to keep score of what's right and what's wrong, what's good or what's bad. Instead, as a leader of self, you look at what is. This is reality. And so this particular mindset that I have right now is serving a particular purpose or it wouldn't be there. You get a benefit from it. And I know your mind goes, it's impossible. It's stupid. It's negative. No, it's not negative. You're doing it for a reason. There's a payoff or you wouldn't do it. And so once you get rid of the negative and the positive, now you can focus on what's the payoff? What do I get out of believing this way? What do I get believing the world is against me? What do I get believing that all men are wrong or all men that are pigs? What do I get for believing that women are crazy? 
What's the value? Now you have a different conversation going on in your mind. Now you're not trying to neutralize this energy called thought because you're not going to neutralize it. It has a purpose for being there. Now you're going to try to understand its purpose. So here's the payoff. I get to be right. I get to be in control. I get to be safe. I get to be liked, whatever it is. Once you start understanding those payoffs, then you realize you're looking externally from things that can only be generated internally. When you look externally for acceptance, because that's pretty much what control and um, being right about is all about, um, acceptance has to happen with you first. If you don't accept yourself, no one else is. You won't let us. I can tell you I love you. You're amazing. But if you don't accept yourself, you go, no, I'm not. Ping, 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 pew, pew, pew. You'll bounce it all off. And so until you accept yourself, we can't. And so once you realize that it's not positive and negative, it's not right or wrong, the purpose I'm doing this is so I can be unacceptable. Now, it sounds crazy, but there's some sort of value in being unacceptable. You get to be right. And there's value in being right. Now you start looking at your life, not the way you think you're doing it, but the way it's actually happening. And once you start noticing how it's actually happening, you'll make different decisions. And once you make different decisions, you'll see a different happening. And that different happening is going to bring up a new polarity. And that new polarity is going to bring up a new need to actually come up with a different way of seeing it. And then you realize you're trying to be right about the way you're seeing it, and it's an upward spiral. See, people, when they were talking about personal growth and becoming a better human being, they always have this mountain illustration. I'm climbing up a mountain. It's really hard. i got to climb. It's hard. Ropes and pickaxes and whatever. And that, it's so hard. I don't believe it's like that. I believe it's more like you're falling into a hole and you're using the pickaxe and the ropes so you don't fall. And every time you unloose them a bit, you fall a bit. Because gravity of reality is bringing you into the perfect you. You're the one who's against yourself, not it. And part of your thinking, which means polarity, right and wrong, good or bad, positive and negative, is keeping you where you are. I know it's a lot to say right now, but I'm just telling you to start noticing. What's the purpose of thinking that way? Because it's not real. It's not in reality. Think about it. Cap? Well, we do have, uh, as I mentioned earlier, quite a few people listening in who have not yet done the PSI courses. I was hoping you could take uh, just a minute to briefly cover what it is that makes the PSI classes so effective and what makes them different than other personal growth that's available out there. And if you could just take a minute to go through that before you give us uh, takeaways for tonight, that would be great. Uh, we have three major seminars and a 90-day course called PLD. I'm going to focus on the three major seminars we do. Uh, first off, we have a basic, the life success course, and the leadership class. What makes us different than most other class, actually almost every other class I've ever taken, is that we do experiential learning. My thing is Theoretically, in your head, you'll think a lot of things in your head. But the problem is your intellect can't solve your emotional issues 
or your reality. Your intellect only can see a certain aspect of it. And the way we make your intellect become integrated into your body is by doing an experiential class. Make you climb a pole, make you jump off something, make you climb up something. So all the classes are experiential. And so that's what I personally was just and been. That's why I'm still It's 30 years. I mean, come on. It's amazing to me because we're so good at what we do when it comes to experience. Now, the basic, which is a three-day class, it's a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday class that is about an awareness. It's called an awareness training. Now, awareness training is more for you to come from a place of, aha, oh my gosh, I didn't see that before. Now, you could share with someone, oh my gosh, I was in this class and I, and I saw this and I saw that and I was just like, oh, and the person across from you will say, I've been trying to tell you that for the last 10 years of your life. But you couldn't hear them because you weren't ready for it. And so the side basics about awareness, we give you tools and techniques and experiences to where you go, oh, my gosh, I have a lot of predetermined thought processes that run the way I live my life. And to bust a few of those up would make a big difference on how I'm living my life. And so it's becoming aware, aware of how you're operating, aware you're in a frying pan. Now, Psi 7, which is our life success course, it's a transformational training. It's a breakthrough training. It's a you're not only in a frying pan, but you got to jump out now training. We deal with attachments up there, and attachments is conglomerations of programming or belief systems that have all collated together that get you into habitual patterns of this is the way life is. This is just the way I am. Why do you do that? That's just the way I am. I know, but you're going to, no, no, I can't. There's no way. And I know I said it was, but I can't do it. That's where you have so many integrated programmings that come together that they become an attachment scenario to where you don't even question why it is, why you're doing what you're doing. And so transformational training is you have to transform outdoor events and indoor events that challenge the way your programming's going to shake you into a new way of operating to where you literally are no longer the same person that you came in with. It's not that you become woo-woo-wah-wah. No, you think differently. It's like a perspective shift. It's like a, I saw it this way and now I realize it's this way. Oh my gosh. And now you just move differently. Literally, we see people smile. I know it's weird. They smile. They're laughing. They can enjoy their lives because they have been transformed. Their mental thought process have been eroded away and have bloomed into something completely new and different to where they go back to their world. They're excited about their relationships because they realize this deterrent has actually been the hurdle I needed to overcome 
to make this the long-lasting, intimate relationship I always wanted. They are transformed into a new experience, a new world. And then our leadership classes, our men's leadership and women's leadership classes, these are about becoming a leader of self. Right now, things are extremely chaotic in the world. It's very easy to get caught up in masks, the world, politics, and censorship, and all. It's said, what's going on? I can't believe it. It's not the way it was, was it? Because it isn't the way it was. It is really different. And if you don't, if you're just going, if you're looking for someone to direct you, there's no one out there to direct you. Things aren't happening the way they used to be anymore. Because the reality is simply this: you need to lead yourself. In leading yourself, you now start drawing towards yourself transformational belief systems. They're going to set down neurological networks. They're going to serve you in becoming a better version of who you want to become. Before you lead anybody else, you got to begin to lead yourself. And so the leadership classes are leading of self. Now, once you lead yourself, you'll lead others better. You'll become a better dad. You'll become a better mom. You'll become a better owner. You'll become a better employee because you'll learn aspects of how that's supposed to operate. It's a subtle process, but it's extremely powerful that when you walk away, you're no longer the same person who walked in. So that's it. We have life success course, leadership training, basic. Basic has to be done first. Then you go into life success course, and then you go into leadership training. Basic is three days, Life success course is seven days. MLS, WLS are nine days. Literally, I've been around a lot of places. I've done a lot of different trainings. And I'm telling you, this is phenomenal compared to what I've experienced out there. Because you're the one who transforms yourself, not me. You're the one who leads yourself, not me. And you walk away knowing you're the one. And you're empowered with that knowledge. So you can consistently change your world into the world that you want. Okay, I got a little passionate there, but that's that, that's, that's what we offer. So do you have, uh, that was awesome. Do you have a few takeaway points for us uh, on the teaching tonight? Well, I would like you to take away this. Culminate all of visualization uh, into a quote that Muhammad Ali, of all people, he was a fighter, he was a boxer way back when, but he embodies much of what has been done with personal growth over the years, and we didn't even know he was doing it at the time. But his quote is simply this, what my mind can conceive, in other words, what I can conceive in my head, what my mind can conceive, and my heart, where all the energy is, can believe I can achieve. Bottom line, visualization is to create a life by design to where through the experience you are empowered, you are drawn up and transformed into a creature that your parents would be proud of. What your mind can conceive, if you can see it in your head and you can believe it in your heart, you could make it happen. You will draw those around you to support you in making it happen, and you could make it happen. The travesty I've experienced over the last 25 years of training is this. You've been taught no longer to have a dream. You've been taught to no longer believe. 
then that teaching is to your detriment. I ask people in classes all the time, what do you want? No, I'm fine. Nothing, I'm fine. No, really, what do you want? I'm, I'm good. All right, maybe more money. More money would be nice. So if there's a genie right here, you're telling me that you would tell them maybe more money would be nice? If a genie were more powerful to give you whatever you want in your life, you basically tell them, oh, more money's nice. You mean if a genie were here, all-powerful genie that could give you anything you wanted on the planet, and all that would come out of your mouth was, I'm fine, I don't need anything? The genie lives in you. It always has. And for the most part, we're fine. It's okay. Net, 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 Netflix is good. You know? Maybe my kids will do better. This house is all right. And what I find overwhelmingly is settling. 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 And so my takeaway point is don't settle. Don't settle. Make a big dream. Make a big goal. Create a vision. A vision that honors you. A vision of what you're proud of. A vision which transcends you into something that's bigger and better than you are now. Believe in you, because when you believe in you, others will. But until you do, no one will. So the takeaway is visualize. That's all I got, Kat. Perfect. So appreciate having you on the podcast, teaching about the power of visualization. Thank you so much, Rob, for sharing your wisdom and experience and insight with us. Well, you're, I love being here. Appreciate it. And I, I just know that uh, some things that people, you need to get bigger. We need to get bigger, especially in the scenario we're living in now. I'm excited. Thank you. Appreciate it. Certainly, yes. And uh, thank you to everyone listening in. We hope that you enjoyed the training and have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. You do not want to miss next month's training. It's scheduled for Tuesday, October 13th. You can register now at psilive.com. And remember to ask your questions when you register. Again, that's psilive.com. If you are getting value from our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and definitely share it with anyone you think would benefit. Again, for those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic course, you can go to psibasicseminar.com where you'll find information about the class as well as the upcoming dates and locations that are open for registration. Thank you everyone for being on the training. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen in. Go out and live your best life. Guys, have a good life. Success by design. Love y'all.